Chapter Nineteen of Bow Brocade by Baroness Emma Orksey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. His oath. Patience's first thought, as soon as she reached the road, was for Betty she helped the poor girl to her feet and tried to get some coherent explanation from her i was listening to the tune my lady and leaning my head out of the window moaned mistress betty who was more frightened than hurt when suddenly the carriage door was torn open i was dragged out and left screaming on the ground that's all i know but one glance at the interior of the coach had revealed the whole awful truth. It had been ransacked, and the receptacle beneath the cushions where had lain the all-important letters was now obviously empty. The letters! Oh, the letters! moaned Patience in an agony of misery and remorse. Philip, my dear, dear one, you entrusted your precious life in my hands and i have proved unworthy of the trust her spirit wholly broken by the agony of this cruel thought she cowered on the step of the carriage her head buried in her hands in a passion of heart-broken tears my lady she looked down and by the dim light of the moon she saw a figure on its knees dragging itself with a visibly painful effort slowly towards her in a moment she was on her feet tall haughty a world of scorn in her eyes she looked down with horror at the prostrate figure before her nay sir she said with icy contempt and you have a spark of honour left in you take off that mask let me at least see who you are the agony of shame was more than she could bear she who had deemed herself so proud so strong that she should have been thus fooled duped tricked and by this man this thief this low-class robber who had dared to touch her hand all the pride of race and caste rose in revolt within her who was he that he should dare to have spoken to her as he did her cheeks glowed with shame at the memory of that voice which she had loved to hear the tender accent in it and oh she had been his plaything his tool for this infamous trick which had placed her dear dear brother's life in peril worse than before meekly he had obeyed her his own proud spirit bent before her grief his face ashy pale now and drawn with pain and weakness looked up in mute appeal for forgiveness a poor wretch he murmured feebly whose mad and foolish whim but she turned from him in bitter loathing drawing herself up to her full height trying by every means in her power to show the contempt which she felt for him so absorbed was she 
in her grief and humiliation in her agony of remorse for her broken trust that she did not realize that he was hurt and fainting with loss of blood you you she murmured with horror and contempt nay i pray you do not speak to me you you have duped and tricked me and i i oh she added with a wealth of bitter reproach what wrong had i or my dear brother done to you that you should wish to do him so much harm what price had his enemies set upon his head that you should sell it to them he tried to interrupt her for her words hurt him ten thousand times more than the wound in his shoulder with almost superhuman effort he dragged himself to his feet clinging to the bracken to hold himself upright he would not let her see how she made him suffer she his beautiful white rose whom unwittingly he had it seemed so grievously wronged her mind was distraught she did not understand and oh it was impossible that she could realize the cruelty of her words more hard to endure than any torture the fiendish brain of man could devise i'd have given you gold she continued whilst heavy sobs choked the voice in her throat if twas gold you wanted here is the purse you did not take just now two hundred guineas for you sir and you bring me back those letters and with a last gesture of infinite scorn she threw the purse on the ground before him a cry escaped him then the terrible heart-rending cry of the wild beast wounded unto death but it was momentary that great love he bore her helped him to understand love is never selfish always kind love always understands he could scarcely speak now and the seconds were very precious but with infinite gentleness he contrived to murmur faintly madam i swear by those sweet lips of yours now turned in anger against me that you do me grievous wrong my fault alas is great i cannot deny it since in this short mad hour of the dance my eyes were blind and mine ears deaf to all save to your own dear presence ay twas a clever trick she retorted lashing herself to scorn wilfully deaf to the charm of that faint voice turning away from the tender appeal of his eyes a trick from beginning to end your chivalry at the forge your role of gallant gentlemen of the road the while you plotted with a boon companion to rob me of the very letters that would have saved my brother's life letters that would have saved your brother's life what letters nay sir i pray you fool me no further heaven only knows how you learnt our secret for i'll vouch that john stitch was no traitor those letters were stolen sir by your accomplice whilst you tricked me 
into this dance. He pulled himself together with a vigorous effort of will, forcing himself to speak quietly and firmly, conquering the faintness and dizziness which was rapidly overpowering him. Madam, he said gently, dare I hope that you will believe me when I say that I know not of those letters. John Stitch, as you know, is loyal and true. Not even to me would he have revealed your secret. Nay, more, it seems that I too have been tricked to further a villain's ends. Will you not try and believe that had I known what those letters were, I would have guarded them for your sweet sake with my last dying breath? She did not reply. For the moment she could not, for her tears choked her, and there was the magic of that voice which she could not resist. Still, she would not look at him. Sir, she said a little more calmly, heaven has given you a gentle voice and the power of tender words with which to cajole women. I would wish to believe you, but she was interrupted by the sound of voices, those of Thomas and Timothy, her men, who had kept a lookout for John Stitch. The next moment the smith himself, breathless and panting, came into view. He had ridden hard, for jack-o'-lantern's flanks were dripping with sweat, but there was a look of grave disappointment on the honest man's face. Well, queried Beau Brocade excitedly as soon as John had dismounted. I'm feared that I've lost the scoundrel's track, muttered John ruefully. No, at first I was in hot pursuit, he galloping towards Brassington. Suddenly he seemed to draw rein, and the next moment a riderless horse came tearing past me and then disappeared in the direction of Aldwark a riderless horse. I, I thought at first that maybe he'd been thrown. I scoured the heath for half a mile around, but the mist was so thick in the hollow, and there was not a sound, I'd have needed a bloodhound to track the rascal down. An exclamation of intense disappointment escaped from the lips of Lady Patience and of Beau Brocade. "'Do you know who it was, John?' queried the latter. "'No doubt of that, Captain. It was Sir Humphrey Challoner, right enough.' "'Sir Humphrey Challoner,' cried Patience, in accents of hopeless despair. "'The man who covets my fortune now holds my brother's life in the hollow of his hand.' Excitedly, defiantly, she once more turned to Beau Brocade. Nay, sir, she said, and you wish me to believe that you had no part in this villainy. Get those letters back for me from Sir Humphrey Challoner. He drew himself up to his full height. His pride, at least, was equal to her own. Madam, I swear to you, he began. He staggered and would have fallen, but faithful Stitch was nigh and caught him in his arms. "'You are hurt, Captain,' he whispered, a world of anxiety in his kindly eyes. "'Nay, 
nay murmured beau brocade faintly tis nothing help me up john i have something to say and must say it standing but nature at last would have her will with him the wild brave spirit that had kept him up all this while was like to break at last he fell back dizzy and faint against faithful john's stout breast then only did she understand and realize she saw his young face once so merry and boyish now pale with a hue almost of death she saw his once laughing eyes now dimmed with the keenness of his suffering her woman's heart went out to him she loathed herself for her cruelty her heart overburdened with grief nearly broke at the thought of what she had done you are hurt sir she said as she bent over him her eyes swimming in tears and i i knew it not the spell of her voice brought his wandering spirit back to earth and to her i hurt sweet dream he murmured feebly deeply wounded by those dear lips which spoke such cruel words but for the rest tis not see he added trying to raise himself and stretching a yearning hand towards her the moon has hid her face behind that veil of mist and i can no longer see the glory of your hair my eyes are dim or is it that the heath is dark i would fain see your blue eyes once again by the tender memory of my dream born this autumn afternoon i swear sweet lady that your brother's life shall be safe whilst i have one drop of blood left in my veins i will protect him with trembling hand he sought the white rose which still lay close to her breast she allowed him to take it and he pressed it to his lips then with a final effort he drew himself up once more and said loudly and clearly by this dear token i swear that i will get those letters back for you before the sun has risen twice over our green-clad hills sir i tell me but once that you believe me and i will have the strength that moves the mountains i believe you sir she said simply i believe you absolutely then place your dear hand in mine he whispered and trust in me and the last thought of which he was conscious was of her cool white fingers grasping his fevered hand then the poor aching head fell back on john's shoulder the burning eyes were closed kindly nature had taken the outlaw to her breast and spread her beneficent mantle of oblivion over his weary senses at last End of chapter nineteen